0: Welcome to the New Money Habits podcast where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah
1: Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here and alongside of me as always Sarah Jones. And today we're going to talk about putting food on the table. The number one question we get from clients when it comes to budgeting for food is How do I know how much I can afford to spend on food every month? Or some variation thereof, right? It's it's about, am I spending too much? Am I not spending enough? Although, to be honest, I don't have a whole lot of clients asking me if they don't spend enough. They're usually asking, do I spend too much? And what we find out is they're actually not spending enough on food. The plot thickens. So that's what we're going to explore today.
0: this because you know this is i mean it's a it's a tricky category in my opinion um and it's tricky because we have to eat right most of us enjoy eating food i mean i, I guess i i'm going to speak for myself i really enjoy eating food um and i know all my clients do as well um but it's a tricky category because I think so much of the time people plan out their bills first and they kind of leave whatever's left over, right? For the grocery budget. Um, And I think we're here to share some tips and tools and tricks and, you know, all the good stuff on how to build a good grocery budget, how to put food on the table and feel good about doing it Um, and, and hopefully create a plan that isn't stressful, right? Because I know that grocery shopping is really stressful for a lot of people. Um, And I hope that we can take that stress away today or at least part of it.
1: Yeah, I think it comes as no surprise. I'm a big fan of plans. I just think because Mm -hmm. those plans will help you to do exactly what you just said, and that is reduce stress around an otherwise stressful category. And I think to your point, one of the reasons why this category is so stressful is because if you're anything like I was, when I first was doing air quote a budget, my budget really just meant I was paying all of my very obvious bills, like my rent, my car payment, my car insurance. And then after everything got paid, I would kind of take a look at the, the checking account and see okay, how much money is left to go do things like grocery shopping or even putting gas in the car? And determine you know, whether or not there was enough money there or if I had to turn to a credit card that particular pay period or that particular month, you know, there was just a lot of stress and anxiety around what should otherwise be a very basic need being met Uh, Because Mm -hmm. it wasn't part of my actual plan. So fast forward a couple of years, flip flip some things on its head, and made sure Mm -hmm. that not only is putting food on the table a priority within the budget, or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I was going to say, not only is it part of the plan, but that it then becomes a priority almost at the top of the budget.
0: I love that because... You know, I'm just going to say it, that credit cards, you know, companies like that, they don't care about us. And so, yes, while we want to make our payments on time, right, and we want to make sure that we're not defaulting and causing trouble, more important than that is that we're making sure that we're feeding ourselves, right? We're making sure that we're taking care of ourselves first. And within that, to allow that to happen, then we need to prioritize, as you said, right, Um eating. We need to prioritize food, you know, in our groceries. And and I'm going to say this doesn't include, you know, eating out. This is the grocery budget, you know, bringing home food. I, eating out in my mind is a separate category. That's not a necessity. Um, but it really is, you know, making ourselves come first and, and really putting ourselves as a priority. And I want everybody else out there to be doing that too, right? It's a, the one of the essentials, Right. When we're building our budget and creating those priorities, there are essentials in there and eating at or excuse me, food, groceries is is one of those categories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, one of the first things I want to encourage our listeners listeners to do is when you're sitting down to make next month's budget, wherever you have food and putting food on the table, your grocery category right now how about you move it up to to closer to the top? If not the top line item, I'll tell you on my personal budget, putting food on the table comes before keeping a roof over my head. So Mm. that means I'm going to make sure that there's enough money for our family to eat before I even pay the mortgage. Now I'm very fortunate and blessed that those two things are never in conflict with one another, but, um, I wanna encourage our listeners, put, putting food on the table at the top of your your next budget. And then we'll talk about how to get a number in that line item.
0: I love that. And actually, you know what? I was just gonna look at some of my budget forms because um, on the, the forms that I use when we're putting together budgets, right? And helping people create their budgets and their plans. Um, I believe that food is before um, housing as well. I was just going to look because now you've got me intrigued, yeah. Nino. In where do I have it in <laughs> um, in placement? So uh, I was just going to look that up because I'm really curious now. I should know this, but I don't. So, um, but I love it that you put it above. Now, will you explain why do you put it above housing?
1: you know that's a really good question that I probably don't have a great answer to other than um it was it was missing from my budget for so long and it cost mm. uh, it caused so much stress and anxiety that when i when I started creating new money habits back in 2012 I decided I didn't want this to cause stress and anxiety anymore, um, I'll, I'll uh, provide a little bit of a story, if I may. And that is before before redoing our budget in 2012, um, not only was it we paid all of our bills and then we looked to see if there was money left over, but since it's my wife who does the grocery shopping, she might look at the checking account. See that there was, you know, a couple hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, whatever's in there. And then she would call me and say, Okay, well, how much am I allowed to spend? And mm. she felt like she had to get permission to spend. I felt additional stress and anxiety around being the one who had to determine how much of that money could be spent. That I was like, this enough is enough. So once mm. we put putting food on the table as a priority and we scheduled money for it, it was as simple as pulling that money out of the ATM, putting it in an envelope and then allowing my wife to go and manage those funds, whichever way she felt was appropriate to, to feed the family. Um, it gave her a lot of independence and autonomy in that area. Um, it reduced my stress and anxiety in that area. And mm-hmm. so, I don't it's not for those reasons alone that it, it made its way before um putting or keeping a roof over our head and you know therefore paying the rent or the mortgage, but that that certainly had something to do with it.
0: Hmm, interesting. You know, when you were telling that story, it just it reminded me of a time when um, my husband and I were were in the, the the midst of getting our debt paid off, right? And still learning our process right still learning and trying to come up with something that felt good and felt sustainable and um you know i don't think i made this connection until just now but listening to you talk about that my husband and i had 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 this conversation and um i said you know i i don't have i remember very vividly i said i don't have money for groceries What we had done is we had planned everything else right and i said so we're gonna have to eat just out of the pantry and out of the freezer i don't have any money for groceries this week and few minutes later there's a knock on the door and um boy scouts were coming around selling popcorn and my husband does not say no (laughs) And he purchased, you know, some popcorn. And, you know, I, the, it turned actually into a a huge argument, right? Because I had just said, we don't have money Mm -hmm. for groceries and, right? He didn't look at that as groceries. He was helping out a kid trying to, you know, sell some stuff to go on a trip. But I remember that feeling of, of having the grocery budget, right? That was at the very end. That was at the very bottom of our budget and our plan at the time. And so I remember that feeling of, it's just, it was devastating. Right. And, and what a way to make mm-hmm. somebody feel terrible by feeling like you can't put food on your table. And, you know, I think that yeah. thinking about that in my own journey and looking at, you know, some of my clients and their journeys, how important this topic is today for people and, and, to give people the permission and the power and to remind you that you can prioritize yourself and your needs before you prioritize other things. It really is okay to put yourself first and, and not only is it okay, it really is necessary for your own mental health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just made a couple of really important points that I think we could spend quite a bit of time unpacking, but I'll just summarize for now. And I'll say, you know, in a society that will tell you that everything and everyone else should come before you, we're telling you Mm -hmm. it's okay to put you and your family first Mm -hmm. and putting food on the table and making sure that your family can eat. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. Mm -hmm. And so in a few minutes, we're going to talk about how to calculate a number to kind of figure out. You know, how much can you afford to to spend on food every month? But the great thing is, once you know what that number is and you pencil it in, and if it's at the top, and then the next thing is paying your rent or mortgage, and the next thing after that is being able to get to and from work, well, the things that come much, much farther down, like your Netflix account and your Disney Plus account mm-hmm. and your Spotify account, then you can start to look at those and say, you know what, maybe those aren't as important As these other things, if, if things are tight and you you need to cut back somewhere, why not cut back in one of those areas instead of Mm -hmm. cutting back in, it's a basic need. It's a food (laughs) nutrition is a basic need, Mm -hmm. just like shelter and clothing are basic needs. So let's, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard, so far up. The budget form is because Mm -hmm. let's do basic needs first, and then let's get into some of those other things that uh, we want. Because wants are just as important, and you're allowed to want things, and you're allowed to have the things Mm -hmm. that you want. All I ask is, please not at the expense of something that you actually need. Right,
0: right. Um, I think that's powerful, right? That, uh, what you just said is it's okay to have wants. Um, but let's, let's put this up in, we need food. I don't like to use the terms wants versus needs. You know, I I don't use that a whole lot in my life and my coaching, mm-hmm. but you know what? Food is a need. Food is a necessity in my life, <laughs> right? We all need it. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. food and water, right? I mean, those, the the very basics, but, um, um, I will put into that uh, what I do and with my clients as well is that we definitely, and I just looked and yep, food is above shelter in my budget uh, forms. So interesting that you brought that to my attention because I have it um, above housing and shelter in in my budget forms as well. But um, I think it's still important to remember that you can be intentional and mindful with your grocery budget also. So I want to put out there, this isn't necessarily a free-for-all that you can spend whatever. Um, You can still be very intentional with your spending and very mindful of how much is um, necessary for you to eat the way that you feel good eating.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's gonna um, that's an important reminder, and that it's going to kind of show itself as we as we determine how to calculate what's the right number. Um, but before we kind of transition into calculating the the right number for you and your family, uh, you had mentioned earlier, Sarah, that putting food on the table or the grocery category does not include eating out, and I completely agree. There's something else that it doesn't include that I think everybody should be uh, aware of, mindful of, thinking about when they're putting together their um, their grocery budget. And that is, although you might go and get all of these other things at the exact same place, it does not include cleaning supplies, toiletries, any, your grocery budget is for things that you are actually gonna consume in your mouth so while you might go and grab toilet paper and cleaning supplies when you're grocery shopping i believe you should have a, a separate line item on your budget for such expenses and this really should just be about food hmm. um
0: i might i'm gonna say i do that a little bit differently. Um which is no surprise, (laughs) but you know, and and maybe this falls into that category of being, you know, and I don't want to what I think what we said before is a little bit more advanced in our journeys, right. That, that um, Mm -hmm. in my own life, um, my own budget, my grocery budget does include, all of that stuff. It does include food. It includes all of our cleaning supplies, all the the paper, you know, toiletries, our, our vitamins and supplements that we take. Our personal grocery budget does include all of those. Um, and I'm going to say that there might be a time, there might have been a time where it didn't, um, but I feel really good about what our budget is and we're eating the way that we want to eat. And so I feel really good about including everything together in our own personal um, so I just want to throw that out there, that I think you can put them all together um, if you're intentional and you're mindful and you know what it is that um, what 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 it is that is important to you, right? And and you, if you guys have mm-hmm. listened to any previous episodes, you know that grocery shopping for me, particularly right now, is has become more challenging being a full-time RVer. And, um, we've been able to maintain our grocery budget, um, through all of this doesn't mean it hasn't been challenging. Um, but we have been able to maintain it and not, not, uh, have not increased it during all of this time. So.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, we, from time, from time to time, we, um, learn that we do things a little bit differently and that is a okay you know i'll sit Mm -hmm. down with clients and there are plenty who don't necessarily want to separate those two things out um i'm i'm pretty pretty uh adamant about it early on in coaching like when you're when you're trying to create Mm -hmm. new money habits when you're you're doing something for the first time you're really trying to change the way you you do things um i just want people to to reflect on it's not even about reflecting it really is about i want you to be able to go to the grocery store and buy food and not be feel guilty about it and not feel like Mm. but this money also has to buy me these other things like no we are seriously going to Mm -hmm. go to this grocery store we're going to get some food and we're going to do it completely guilt free we're not going to stress about it we're not going to have any anxiety about Mm. it and we're going to feel like we're not gonna. We're not gonna be. We're not gonna be made to feel bad about it, at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, over time, you're absolutely right. Though, like, um, depending on how well disciplined you are in in, in certain things, that is perfectly a okay.
0: I think there's uh, um, some tips and tools. You know, if you're, especially if you're working with a coach, I think they can help you bring in some tools to use right that um can help you to figure out how to spend guilt-free right how to include some of these things um you know big warehouse shopping is a big one Right. And that's a common concern for a lot of my clients is Sarah, but we don't necessarily go every month. It's so I think, you know, there are ways to to make this very personal to your own situation, you know, and I and and if you guys have listened, you know that that there's not a one size fits all. Um, but just keep in mind that um, I love what Nino said there that you shouldn't feel guilty going to the grocery store at all. Um, and if your budget, I believe that if your budget is done in a way that is appropriate for you and, and you've taken the time, that it will eliminate that that guilt, um, which is what we want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I would imagine everybody's wondering, okay, so how, how do I know how much to budget for food? And so... Sarah, I know you and I want to explore a couple of different ways that you can start to identify how much money you should be spending on food each month. I will, right from the top, I will tell you that we don't believe in percentages. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of gurus out there will tell you, you know, spend no more than 10% of your take-home pay. Here's the problem with that. Imagine if I make $10,000 a month. And 10% of that is $1,000. And if I am a if I'm a single person, $1,000 for food is quite different than if I'm a family of 8 and we have $1,000 for food. It either mm-hmm. means that the single person is spending far too much money on food every month. Or that the family of eight is not spending nearly enough money on food every month. So we're going to throw percentages right out the window, right from the get go. I don't think they work. We have a better way.
0: Yes. No to (laughs) percentages. Let's not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's not and say we didn't. (laughs) So, how might we. So how might we go about um, figuring out how much we should spend on food every month? Well, I think, Sarah, you and I agree that one of the first ways that you can kind of get a sense of what might be appropriate is by looking back a little bit, maybe going back a couple of months, two, three months, and looking at how much have you been spending on average each each month. Mm on food. And that'll at least give you a starting point as to, okay, well, what has it been?
0: Yeah. And I think that's a great starting spot because you can look at what you've been doing already. Right. So a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know how much I'm spending. Well, let's figure it out. It's easy to figure out. You can go back through your bank statements, your credit card, you know, statements, however you've paid for groceries in the past. Um, Go back through and do a really quick, it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't have to be, you know, this crazy, let's break it down, you know, buy store. I just, I usually have clients go back through three to four months is generally what I recommend. Um, Go back through three or four add it all up, divide by however many months, you know? So if you went back four months, add up the totals, divide by four, that's your average, right? Let's just get an average because you're going to have some months that you've spent more, some months that you've spent less. Maybe there was a birthday or a celebration in there. Maybe there was a holiday, you know, family gathering. Um, those things are going to happen in the future as well. So let's not go crazy with it. Let's just take a few minutes. Add it all up, divide by the number of months that you you picked, and there's your your starting point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I very much agree with that. Um, What I love about the it's your starting point is it's going to bring you to a moment of reflection. And that moment of reflection, you're going to be able to start to feel how or you're going to be able to kind of identify and discern how you feel about that number are you know it, are you surprised in a way that you're like wow i can't believe i'm spending that much or are you surprised like wow i can't believe i've been able to make it happen on you know that little or you'll just be able to kind of reflect on how you're feeling about that number is it too high is it too low is it just right but it it brings you to that reflection moment Mm-hmm.
0: And I love that. Right. And, and I think, you know, most of us know when we're going to the grocery store, you know, what some of our shopping habits are. Right. Um, and, and we can tell when we come up with that starting point, and I, I'm very firm on that starting point number, because m- most of the time we adjust, we make some adjustments with that right? You said it in the beginning, sometimes clients, sometimes people simply aren't spending enough. Um, sometimes, you know, with mm-hmm. being mindlessly spending at the store, right? Sometimes that is an area that we can make adjustments in. And I don't like to say cut back, but we can make adjustments there to become more in alignment with what you're, what you're trying to accomplish, right? And so um, I think it's just important to um, not beat yourself up use it as information and say, okay, what have I done? What did I do those months? Right? Look back. Was I going without a list? Was I um, running in and, and um, you know, you had um, brought this up when we were talking beforehand. Um, How many times a month are you going to the grocery store? How many times a week are you going? Right. And so when you're talking about building new habits, you have to evaluate and reflect on all of it, not just the dollars that you're spending, but your habits that go along with all of that spending.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to peel back um, and look a little bit closer at some of the things you just said about asking yourself how often you're, you're going to the grocery store. But I also, you know, are you going to the grocery store with a plan in mind? Do you kind of have a menu? Um, do you know what you're shopping for or is it uh, a little bit more impulsive? Um, but you just brought it up. I think another way, if if getting back into your bank statements uh, for the past two, three, four months isn't a possibility, let's say you're somebody who already uh, pays cash for, for groceries, um, well then, as sarah just kind of alluded to you can you can for you can still reflect on what you've been doing by asking yourself a series of very simple questions the first question is how often do you go to the grocery store so what's that frequency is it once a week is it multiple times throughout the week is it once every other week what is that frequency and then start to ask yourself on average we know that you're going to spend differently Almost every time you go, but on average, you know, is it between eighty and one hundred and twenty dollars? Is it between one hundred and fifty and two hundred dollars? On average, how much are you spending each time you go? And so, once you have that information, you can do you know some uh, quick arithmetic and and figure out if I'm going once a week, and I typically spend about one hundred and fifty dollars. Now you know that you've been spending on average $600 a month for food. And so that's just another way that you can kind of get to that starting point and have that reflective moment.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And, um, you know, I, I think that so much of the time it's not something that we've done. I know I certainly didn't do it. You know, I did try to go to the store once a week. Um, But I didn't, I wasn't mindful about um, anything else, right? I was mindful about, okay, let me go once a week because, you know, I have to get groceries this week. But um, I think, Nina, what all of this is doing is it's just helping us be more aware of our habits and what we are doing, right? Because so much of this, Mm -hmm. they're, they're habits that we've built that we don't think about anymore. Um, which is what a habit, a a lot of times what a habit is, right? It's just, it's built in. So use, Mm -hmm. you know, use this time to, as you say, reflect, right? What have you been doing? Um, I, I, just, I love it because I think it's just been something that we do mindlessly. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that a lot just to bring awareness to it. Um, because especially in this category, we have to feed our family. We go to the grocery store. Um, but it's not something that we think about too in depth.
1: Yeah. Very good point. Um, it makes me think that you, as you use the word mindlessly, as we're doing this mindlessly, make me remember that um, part of the the change that I saw uh, in my own budget and, and financial uh, situation. And then something that I use with clients very often is, okay, so now that we have, like, we're kind of reflecting on this, we're making it a priority. We're doing things differently from that perspective. Then what are some of the other habits that could support you in um, budgeting well and, and managing your money well in this particular category? And it's things like meal planning not necessarily meal mm-hmm. prepping but meal planning at least thinking to yourself okay for the next week what are some of the dinners that we want to make you know uh, if you got kids what are the kids lunches and you're just thinking through what is it that i want to you know make this particular week because by meal planning you can come up with a menu and now that menu becomes a guide for what you're going to be shopping for um, my wife and I were just having this conversation the other day where um, she was like you know what I think I want to start buying chicken in bulk <clears throat> excuse me she's like because there's a number of different crock pot recipes that I like and so I can kind of prep those on Sunday and then we can do different things throughout the week um, but all of that information and all of, you know, that entire exercise is preparing her for grocery shopping for the week.
0: You know, I love that. And um, I would say out of a lot of things that I work through with clients, you know, the, the meal planning and grocery shopping and how to feel good about our grocery budget, this is a category that we oftentimes spend a lot of time on. Uh, because it feels very overwhelming for people. And so if you're out there listening, you're thinking, okay, this is overwhelming. I don't know what to make my family. I, You know, we don't like the same things. And we've got a lot of late night games. You know, there's a lot of this and that and the other. Here's what I would say. Slow down. Slow down just a little bit with it and take it just piece by piece. And what I did when my kids were little, I used to ask my kids, what's one meal you want this week? One meal. I allowed them to pick one meal that they wanted during the week. More often than not, I would make it um, because, you know, I asked them, um, but my kids weren't super picky, but let's just face it, you know, it's no fun having kids that are complaining that they don't want to eat that at the when you're sitting down to eat supper, right? And you're at the table and the kids are complaining because they don't Mm -hmm. like whatever you made. And so I told the kids, you know what, pick one meal this week, one meal. And that way you're at least happy one time (laughs) with what's put in front of you. (laughs) And you know, that made my, it made my life a lot easier, quite honestly. And it got them involved. So I wasn't the one solely responsible for it. Um, You know, and I actually have a whole big resource that I send out to clients, you know, when we're going through this. But another quick tip I'm just going to share with you guys is as you're thinking through the week of something that sounds good and maybe you don't have the stuff, you know, in your pantry to make it already, I always keep a list and write down one thing a day one item a day, one meal a day that sounds good. So the next time that you're putting together your menu, you know, for the following week, you've already got a whole list of things that sound really good, right? And so you're not having to take time to say, okay, what do I want to make this week? You've written something down every day. Um, and that's just, it, it eliminates some of the stress, right? And you're, again, you're preparing yourself like, okay, now, you can start putting it on your grocery list. What are the things that I'm going to need to make it? What don't I have in my pantry? Right. And so you start putting it down and you're doing it in little bits and pieces. Um, and so it's not trying to tackle the whole project at once. Right. Break it down into littler yeah. pieces. So you're not climbing the mountain all in one day.
1: That's right. Um you make a good point that it can seem a little daunting, overwhelming. There's so much to do um, in trying to figure out what the number is and, and how to budget properly, but you, you make such a good point. Just slow down, It's just one thing at a time. Um, the great thing about the grocery budget is, unlike something like your electric bill or maybe more appropriate, let's say your car payment, you know, your car payment doesn't change. It's the same every single month. Your electric bill. I I mean, it changes during the different seasons, but you know, it's, it's pretty, um, predictable. Sometimes groceries feels like it's, it's all over the place. And I think once you kind of get into a cadence, you're going to figure out real quick, am I budgeting enough? Am I budgeting too much? One of the things I will tell you too, uh, just as a sidebar, and obviously this is for our listeners, is when I sit down with a client and we establish the food budget to start. Um, if we think that it's too much, by the time we meet the next, you know, the the next pay period or even a month down the road, if we feel like it's too much, I always encourage them. Okay, let's keep the surplus, the the amount of grocery money you haven't spent yet in the envelope and let's and let's still take out what we budgeted for because you're going to want to go about 3 months. 3 months will give you a really good sense of whether or not you've budgeted mm-hmm. properly or if you're under budgeting or over budgeting. So I wouldn't make any significant changes for the first 3 months, but after that you can change it and you can, you know, yeah. with all the inflation that we've experienced over the last 8 months You know, our grocery line item on our budget is not the same today as it was, you know, November of 2021.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that just to remind people that it does take several months of, you know, kind of getting in the swing of this, right, before you make any major adjustments. So allow yourself that time to start developing the new habits, to start being more mindful with it, and to really take that time to evaluate right? Before you make any major adjustments, before you come down on yourself, you know, go those extra months. Mm-hmm. And, and that also allows you to say, okay, this is what I've been doing, right? And this is what I did this month that was really helpful. So I'm going to write that down so I can continue that on, right? This, I found, a, yeah. uh, I found a new grocery store, right? And some of the stuff that I can get from there, is saving, it's going to save me a lot of money, right? Because their prices are better on, you know, maybe it's meat. You know, I'm just going to say that. Maybe you found a place that's that's got a deal on meat. And so you choose to, maybe you buy in bulk, right? So maybe you choose to do that because it's a little bit cheaper. And then um, you can use, you know, some of that surplus right later on. To kind of be saving up for the next big bulk order there. Um, I think it's about just recognizing that yeah. you can incorporate new habits over time. It doesn't have to be right away, and it's going to take you several months to get used to doing it differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was something you said in there that sparked something, and I'm, I'm losing it. A quick tangent, I will tell you, if, if you're somebody like me who you find yourself forgetting things a lot um, and you're like, man, I had this thought and I forgot it. Uh, can I encourage you for a moment? It just means you're a really good listener. It's because you were actually listening. <laughs> you weren't listening to respond or you're holding a thought in your head to like wait your turn. It's because you were actually listening. And, and then the thought just kind of <laughs> moved on. So that's what happened here. I was listening. I had a thought. I lost it. Maybe it'll come back to me. Who knows? <laughs>
0: It will. It will. <laughs> yeah. In
1: the meantime, um, let's let's kind of summarize quickly, and then kind of move into like, so how do I really know how much to spend? So, we've we've talked about reflecting, going back three, you know, two, three, four months in, into your bank statements, your credit card statements, if that's how you pay for groceries, to kind of get a sense of what your average spend each month is or just thinking through how often do you um, go to the grocery store when you go? how you know how much are you typically spending? That is another way that you can kind of get a monthly average to at least get a starting point. And then we said that leads to a moment of reflection where you can kind of determine for yourself do you feel like it's too much not enough that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're really wondering how much can I afford to spend? I told you from the top. I don't like percentages. I would say, I, I would not encourage you to spend more than fifteen to twenty percent of your your take home pay. If you're on a, you know, if your income's kind of tight, you don't want to be spending a, a an enormous amount of your take home pay on food. But more important than that, because I don't like the percentages, is I think there are some guidelines, or this is a guideline that I know here at New Money Habits, we we kind of teach to our, uh, our clients. And that is, I'll give you my own personal experience. So right now, we budget $550 a month for food. It's a really odd number, so let's just round it up to $600 for just a moment. We're a family of four. If you take $600, you divide it by four, you get $150. And so one of the things that we teach is coming up with a number per person for your household, and then applying that number accordingly. So if it's 150, which I'll admit with all the inflation is a little bit tighter, we should probably be reevaluating and coming up with a new number, probably should be closer to $200 per person. But for a family of four, that would mean, budgeting $800 a month for food instead of $600, which is what we currently do. But I love to at least explore this with my clients and say, let's take a number, whether it's 150, whether it's 200, whether it's 250, let's take a number and then let's multiply it by your family members. And then let's stare at that number and see how we feel about it. If we think it's too much, not enough, or just right.
0: Hmm. I love that. And I was just kind of doing my own, you know, figures in my own head. Um, and, um, you know, we're about at that same amount per person. Now there are just two of us um, now. And again, you know, I include everything in our, in our grocery budget, but I know approximately how much I spend on those other things. So we're at about the $200 per person for, for groceries here. Um, and. So I think that that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good average, Nino. I like that. Um, it's a good way again, kind of yeah, that starting point, right?
1: Right. It's not an exact science by you know any stretch, but it is just a a a, a good starting guideline. It's just a guideline, you know. Um, mm-hmm. As you were saying, that you only have two. And you're still at about that average. I'm also thinking about the ages of my two children. And right now, Mm -hmm. they're just before that, like, they're starting to eat us out of house and home. They haven't fully (laughs) taken on that role yet. But at 12 and 8, I'm staring down the barrel of I'm going to have to adjust the food budget Mm -hmm. according to just – how much the kids are consuming and they're incredibly active too right so with all of that activity comes kind of the need for you know um not just more food but specific types of food more Mm -hmm. for us it would be like chicken and you know lentils for protein or whatever you know so being just being mindful of um it's not an exact science but it is a it's a good starting guideline to help determine based on family size, what might be appropriate. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I love that. And I was just going back through, you know, our grocery budget has basically doubled over the past year and a half. Because before, you know, we did, before we moved and, you know, embarked on this journey, um, we did have both of the kids living at home as well. Right. And they are both adults. Um, You know, when you put a a 21-year-old boy in a home, let me tell you the amount of food that's consumed then. And actually, my daughter, if she hears this, she would absolutely kill me if she knew I was saying this. But she ate probably just as much as my son did. You know, so, you know, (laughs) don't be fooled. Girls eat a a fair amount of food too, right? But she was very active as well. And so, but going back to your point of reevaluating, Right. Our grocery budget per month hasn't changed. It stayed the same, but our family members have changed, right? Our household size has changed. So effectively, our budget has doubled per person over the last year and a half. So um, that's a great reminder that you can adjust your budget as necessary. Your kids do get older. Your dietary needs change. You know, what you need at one point is going to be different than what you're going to need in a couple of months, right? And so... Um, give yourself some breathing room in there, right, and flexibility um, in that budget to make adjustments as you feel necessary.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the great thing about a budget is um, from month to month, not so much within the month, although there, I, I guess I will never say never say never, but the point I was going to make is from month to month, your budget can change. Actually, from month to month, your budget should change. Um, There are there are variable expenses like electricity where it's not exactly the same every single month. And while you're kind of working your way through finding what the right amount of money to budget for food is, um, like I said, I, I would encourage you to try to stick to something for three months just to kind of see, like, is that, you know, um, doable? And then making adjustments after that. But um, you had also mentioned earlier, one of the things that um, I always, like, August is the time of the year that when I I meet with my clients in August, it's that time of the year that I remind them, like, hey, so Mm -hmm. the holidays are coming, which means, like, there's Thanksgiving, there's food involved, there's Christmas, there's mm-hmm. food involved, there's Halloween. So there's all of this stuff where whether it's a separate line item or it's looking at the grocery line item itself, we usually have to you know, allocate some dollars for that stuff. So whether it's we're going to adjust the, the grocery bill around Thanksgiving up by $100 because we want to make sure we can get pies and, and dressing and this and that did I just call stuffing dressing? What is wrong with me? Oh my goodness. My family would take me out back what? and beat me if they knew I just called stuffing dressing. I don't even know where that came from. So say,
0: What part of the country um, are you in now?
1: <laughs> right. What happened? But so it goes back to the point that your, your grocery bill or I'm sorry, your grocery budget can change from month to month because when you're in the month of November, you should be planning for extra food expenses, whether that's in your grocery, uh, budget line, or maybe you just have a separate line item. That's like Thanksgiving. And this is how much I'm going to mm-hmm. allocate towards, uh, that, but it definitely can change.
0: Yes. That's a good point And a good reminder that, um, you know, and even we've got 4th of July coming up, right? Uh, a lot of people do big celebrations on the 4th of July, so now is a good time to be, you need to be thinking about that, right? How do you need to make an adjustment to account for the possibility of, of having a higher food bill for a month or... um you know, your kids are home, school's out, right? So very likely during the summer, your grocery budget might change because your kids are home versus when they're in school, um, right? And so it's just, I think looking ahead, you know, looking at your calendar, um, that's mm. another way to to uh, alleviate some of the stress is allow yourself that opportunity to look ahead so you can plan more effectively. You know, what's coming up? What do you need to be prepared for? Um, you know.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, um, there, there's, there's something I've been holding back on. So if you're Mm. still listening, you are in luck. If you have been listening to the episode and you're like, yes, I need to be thinking about my food budget a little bit more closely. I want to do some of the things that sarah and nino have been talking about i want to look back i want to reflect and i want to come up with a number and i want to put that number closer to the top of my budget for next month we have a tool for you if you make your way Mm -hmm. to newmoneyhabits.com and you click the helpful tools link you're going to see a food calculator that's right Mm. we have A cool little calculator to help you determine after you've done all that reflection, you can still kind of use the calculator to help you determine what your monthly food budget should be. So I want to make sure that all of our listeners know that that tool is available. And yeah.
0: And I think if. You know, use these tools, guys, you know, because even if it's not something that you use every month, right, you, you start to build up your, I like to call my toolbox, right? You start to build up your toolbox and, and maybe your kids are getting ready to move out on their own so you can now provide them with tools, right, to help them kind of get started on their journey. Maybe you're just getting started on your journey. And so use these tools that are available um, for free. Right and and start incorporating them into your life. So, Nino, you know, I love it that uh, these tools are provided for uh, everybody to use and um, to start bringing into their own lives their own plans um, to help take away some of this stress that can be associated with money.
1: Yeah. All right, and before we completely wrap up, I do have a. a, a I'm curious, Sarah, whether or not um, for anybody who might be listening who who's dying to know, does putting food on the table, does the, the grocery um budget include some of these new fang dangled um prepared meals delivery boxes to your door? Hmm.
0: You know that's a good question, and um, I do include it.
1: Yeah, yep, as do I. So, if you if you are listening and you're thinking to yourself, okay, but we have one of these, and since we're not sponsored by any of them, I won't I won't name names. But any of these really <laughs> cool meal delivery services, mm-hmm. yeah, that can certainly be part of your your putting food on the table uh, grocery budget. Um, and, and, you know, you can use all the same things that we've been talking about to kind of determine whether or not, um, what you're spending on such a, a meal plan, um, is conducive to your budget.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, they do help, especially, Right in this crazy time that we're living when life is busy, you know, again, I, I think that those are another tool. Um, and I've got a lot of clients who are like, Oh, well, we could, you know, we, we don't have this. Goes back to what do you feel comfortable? Does it help reduce some of the stress in your life? Then, yes, if you're busy and, and you know that you've got a meal at home that, that your family can prepare, you can, you know, when you get off work and it's just there. Um, I say as long as you're accounting for it and you're planning, right? It's included in your plan. Go for it.
1: Yep, exactly. All right. Well, another great, um, time spent with you, Sarah, talking about something very, very practical and real. You know, we all have to feed ourselves. As we said, it is a basic need and we shouldn't have to feel guilty about meeting that basic need. So if we just plan for it, uh, appropriately, we put it in the right priority, uh, then we can go and put food on the table without feeling an ounce of guilt for doing so.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Thanks Nino for, um, Always bring in a new perspective, a different perspective and and the tools, uh, because I always take notes and I always walk away with, um, you know, more tools in my toolbox. So thank you.
1: Of course. And thank you for spending the time with me. Uh, listeners as well, thanks for hanging out with us. And we will continue the conversation next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.